Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. We are in a series on how to, and let me read the title, how to be rich. How many of you want to be rich today? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys are like, it's church, and of course, you know, like, the truth is all of us want to be rich. Okay, let's just be honest. And then some of you, is, 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 my, uh, is something going on with my mic a little bit? I'm echoing. Okay, all right, cool. Yes, sounds good? Does that sound good? All right, good. How good do I sound? <laughs> Great? Okay, good, 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 good. All right. Well, the, the idea is that most of us, if not all of us, want to be rich. We, we do because we don't, you know, we don't want to be those kinds of people. But the truth is all of us want to do and want to be able to do some things, right, that you just want to do. Like, there, have you have any dreams of wanting to do something or wanting to go somewhere? Have you ever looked on Instagram and thought, oh, my gosh, I want to go there one day? Anybody? Anybody? You're like, this stuff exists. Can I afford to go? Oh, my gosh, I really want to go. I really want to go. All of us have this idea of being, wanting to be rich. But the problem is, is that it's tough. It's really, it's complicated because rich is a moving target for so many of us. I think being rich is connected, obviously, to money. And money is, is, money is just complicated, isn't it? It just is complicated. I feel like money is like, or managing money is trying to get out of a parking lot. Like, have you ever been trapped in a parking lot? You're like, some of you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, how do you get out of this thing? Like, in, in Florida? Like, in Orlando? I don't know. I spent half of the time just trying to figure out how to get out of this place. Like, how do you, how do you get out? Now, now, the problem is, is that I have people sometimes in my car, right? Okay? And I think money, money management is the same way. Because sometimes you have people in the car telling you how to spend your money. Anybody? Anybody? Yes, you have people in your car, right, telling you how, to, how do you get out of this mess in your life. And so what's interesting is, is like in Florida, I was stuck in a parking lot for like three hours, two hours, trying to figure out how to, I circled the place, I'm like going, in, I, I'm like trying to get out of this place, and I'm like, where is the exit? How do you even do this? And what's complicated is the voices in the car, right? I'm not talking about Ashley or other people. No, probably am. Anyways, but what happens is people tell you when you're lost, this is how you go. Have you ever been in a car, right? Been in a car and people go, hey, this, take this next. Go here, go here. And you're like, stop talking. You want to drive? How many of you have ever said that? You want to, yeah, yeah, right? You want to drive? You want to drive? Because I, I, okay. And then sometimes you actually have like maybe kids or family in your car, right? And, they, and all of a sudden they know how to drive and they know how to do stuff. And then if you have people in your life, like they're older people, they tell you how to drive. Like I've been driving from, it's complicated. I think money management is the same. 
Sometimes money management is complicated because people in your life, there are people who go tell you, hey, this is how you're supposed to invest, and this is how you're supposed to, uh, this, this is how much money you're supposed to make, this is how much, how, how much money you're supposed to spend, this is how you're supposed to do this. It's complicated, I think we can all agree. So what I want to do this morning is I want us uh, to uh, reclaim uh, this idea of, of managing money. I want us to be rich in a different kind of way. I want us to have a conversation with the scriptures about our finances and see, could it be possible that God is leading us to be a certain kind of people? Because the truth is, regardless of your age or stage in life, like regardless if you're like retired, we have people who are retired, you're like you're set in a sense. Others of us, you're just entering into the real world. Some of us are navigating college and you don't, you're ignoring how much money how much debt you are occurring, right? By the way, it doesn't go away. Sorry, right? It's just, you're, you're, you're trying to figure this out. Regardless where you are, I think that we need to reclaim what this means, uh, what does money management mean to our life? Because Jesus talks so much about it. Why? Because he was convinced that money and how you manage money and how, what your relationship with money uh, shapes who you are. It shapes, it because People fight about money. People, as, have you ever heard a story about families like fighting over inheritance? Anybody? We have. It's like really discouraging in life. Like why are people arguing about money? Why are people going to war for more money? I mean, what is going on? So I think God wants to speak to us this morning about it. So I want to do this. I want to pray for us and then we'll launch into it. Cool? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this conversation. I know that there are some of us who go, ah, oh, money, I just, I, just, I just want it to be, like, settled. I, want, I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to have this conversation. God, some of us are like, I don't, I, I'm, I, this is not where I am. It's not where I am. But God, I know that as we talk, speak about this, as we read your scriptures, Jesus, your words are so connected to who we're becoming and what is so important to us. And uh, you want to shape us and move us to become a certain kind of people, God. And make our lives really significant versus um, living in this world that just continually, uh, uh, continually challenges us or, or tempts us to, to, to seek success. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you, you God, would speak to us. Um, amen and amen. All right, let's jump right in. Let me read you uh, the first passage of Scripture here. It's 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6 says this. says, teach those who are, who are, help me out with this word, who are what? Rich in this world. Say this phrase, rich in this world, please. Rich in this world. Now, not to be proud or, and not to trust in their money, which is so, which is so what? Unreliable. Is money unreliable? Come on, let's be honest. Is it? Yes, stock market, yes. Housing, yes. Price of eggs, hello. <laughs> hello, okay? Okay, the, uh, don't, so it's so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. So, uh, so Timothy here is instructing, has been instructed to, by Paul to 
speak to and speak into people's lives about money. He says there are people who are rich in this world. Now, in other translations, it says rich in their time, which, which means, or rich in this day, which meant is that, that back in that day, these people had extra. They just had extra. They, like, because most people did not have extra. They, they lived in, like, whatever crops came in, whatever profit they had, they bought their stuff. I mean, they weren't like, hey, and we're going to go to Hawaii next year, and we're going to save up and go to Mexico. They were not doing that. Most people in that time did not have extra. And so what Timothy is saying is, is tell people who are rich in that world, in that world, if you have extra, if you can have, if you have extra, you need to be not putting your trust in money because it is unreliable. So this passage is so important to us because most of us have extra. Now you might think, uh, I don't have extra. You got extra. You have extra. You know you have extra because uh, if you've ever been to Starbucks, you know you have extra. Okay, that's extra money you spent. You can get a cheaper cup of coffee, anybody. You can get a cheaper cup of coffee. You, can, you, you and I have extra. Now, some of us have a lot of extra. And others of us have a little bit of extra. But we've got some extra. Here's the other problem, though, is, is that most of us living in this world uh, are tempted to, and I am as well, uh, to put our trust and hope and, um, and security in money. That's how much money I have. That's how much secure I feel. Like how much money I'm making in life, I'm more secure in life. People sometimes who find themselves not making enough money find themselves very insecure. So what happens is in marriages, people argue about money. You argue, you fight about money, and then someone in the, the marriage situation is back in the parking lot. Someone's driving, right, this whole marriage car and another person is telling them what to do or so you know in your life there's someone driving right and someone just sitting there someone sitting there talking a whole lot someone sitting there going i, I you're, you're like i wish you got out but someone is sitting there with you in that bus so what is timothy um been instructed to do what is what is paul trying to get to what he's trying to get to is, is that he's trying to say is that people who, like us, who find our joy and security and peace and money in, the, in the, what we wear and who we are and in a place where we live, if we find ourselves in that, you find yourself in a really strange place. Very, very strange place. And I don't know if you've been to like really like rich events, like, people, like events where people are rich, like super rich. Rich, 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 rich. Like several years ago, I spoke at an event for FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Anybody? Okay, one person, athlete. Okay, good. That's good. Or at least know about it. So this the FCA is a collegiate event and or collegiate organization. And so they had their big donors, big donors uh, weekend. Okay, this was in Arizona. I don't even know. Really fancy place. Maybe the Ritz. I'm not quite sure. It was super fancy. The good thing is they uh, they flew me down there, me and Ashley, so I could speak at this event. I'm like, okay, okay, all right. I have arrived. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, you fly me down. You pay for this. Oh my gosh. Uh, a, 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 a colleague of mine or a friend of mine, John Gordon, who's a, like, a, like a motivational coach, he was speaking. I texted him. I was like, hey, I'm speaking at this event. And he was flying in later and all that. And I'm like, I'm like I have arrived, people. I have arrived. And then I show up to this place. These people are so rich, people. They're like so ridiculously rich. 
Like, I mean, I, don't, I, 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 I feel like I, feel like I don't want to be in this. I at breakfast, they're talking about what they do, and I'm like, and like, what do you do? And I'm like, nothing. I have not done anything <laughs> with my life. I have done nothing in my life. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. They're talking about their houses. Not one house. Their houses. Oh, we did da 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 And I'm like, yeah, you know, I have a couple of rooms in my house. So what I do is, uh, yeah, for the winter, I just go to this part of the room. You know, I don't need to go to another house. I can just walk over, convenience, hello, you know. They're talking about, like, their multiple cars. And they're not braggadocious by any means. Wow, that's a word. Uh, they're just talking. They're just talking. They're just, just a normal life, just talking about stuff, right? They're just talking. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't, I, I, this is so, I feel insecure. I feel insecure. The truth is that money does that. Money makes you feel like you're invincible. It's, it's just part of the deal. And I think Jesus knew that. And that's why I think when it comes to money management, the first thing you and I have to decide is you and I have to have a destination. A destination. Going back to the parking lot analogy here, like you have to have a, you want to get out of this financial mess or whatever situation you're in the season, but you have a destination. You're in college. You're like, I don't even know. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, but do you have a destination? You're like, yeah. No, I'm not talking about a place you want to get to. Uh, I want to be financially secure. I want to have extra money. I want to have a, be in a place where I can afford this. I can do this. I can do that. Do this. I get that. I get that. But I'm Let's go a little deeper. Like, do you have a destination in terms of the kind of person you want to be? Like, I have a destination that I want to be this kind of person that leaves an inheritance. Okay, that's a different kind of person. I want, I want to be a person that when it comes time to it, I can pay for my grandkids' colleges. Wow, okay. I, I want to be uh, this kind of person that, that, uh, that helps my family out uh, because I can do this. I want to be this kind of person. I want to get to a place where I can do these things and not have to stress about it. Well, that is a different kind of destination. And I think that conversation about destination is a very important conversation for you to have. If you're, if you're if you, with your spouse, um, with, with maybe people in your life, like really figuring out what, what is, what, what, what's my destination? Now, if your destination is get, just getting out of debt, if, that, if that's it, if that's it, then, I mean, that's a good step. But that's, that's not really a destination. Getting out of debt is getting out of the parking lot, okay? The reality is, I mean, even though for me, I think it's a very much a, I'm winning when I come out of the parking lot, people go, you just came out of the parking lot. Wow, okay? So coming out of debt is one of those things. Having a destination is a very different thing. So what does that look like for you and me? And because it is different for so many of us depending on it. But here, the scriptures are telling us, Paul is telling us, Peter is being, uh, sorry, uh, Timothy is being encouraged to teach people, hey, don't put your, 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 your hope and who you are in money, but be a certain kind of person who is rich in good works. That's, that's becoming a certain kind of person. So you and I have to have a destination of the kind of person we are becoming. See, when you look at some of these passages in Scripture, which, by the way, there's so many when it comes to money, but you, you realize that the Scriptures and Jesus, uh, his teachings, are always connected to the kind of person you and I are becoming. For example, let's, let's look at Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, 24 says this. Give, give freely and become more, uh, what's that word? Wealthy. 
be, okay, let's say it together, be what? Stingy and what? Lose everything. Okay, what? The generous will prosper, but those who are, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Well, this is a pretty interesting thing. Um, in the other translations, the, the, the phrase here is, is that he who uh, scatters gathers, and who gathers scatters. So I thought, okay, let's just use this translation to make, so it makes sense for us. Well, the idea is this. The, the writer uh, of, of Proverbs is throwing some wisdom down, and he's saying, hey, you can live a life trying to get, 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 get. And you can get, 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 and you become a certain kind of person. One, a person who has a lot of things. But also you become something that you end up losing the most important things in your life. And then there are kinds of people who give, 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 all the things, all the things, and they never have a shortage of things to give. And they become a certain kind of person. And they actually gain everything. So he's dropping some ancient wisdom on us, and he says, hey, let me just tell you, those who refresh other people, those who use their income, their resources to refresh other people are themselves refreshed. And for some of us, you know and I know, we've been in seasons where, like, we are dying of thirst. We are so broke. Like, have you ever been broke, broke, broke? Yes. Let's see. Let me tell you, when, Ashley, when I met Ashley, she felt sorry for me. Uh, she was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, first of all, she came from wealthy family. Anyways, but I did not. Okay, I did not. So the first time she came to our apartment, which was a dump, uh, I was frying bologna. Okay, now, so let me just ask you. Yeah. Okay, it, it came in those, like, a packet. With like 10 of them, they were 99 cents, 59 cents sometimes for the whole thing. And I was just, and we're, I was frying it, and she looked at it. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, date? Like, like what, what do you think? I'm cooking for you. Like, that's what's happening right here. This is awesome. And she's like, are you going to eat that? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat that. Spam, have you ever had spam? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. You're like, are you serious? Yes. Yes, I did. We, that's what we used to, in college, I mean, we were so, so, so broke. We would just go from one, like, you know, like the, all the specials for, like, fast food places we knew, okay? Five for five, you know, 99 cents thing. I mean, we just, that's all we did. Like, we were broke, 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 broke. In fact, I was so broke that I couldn't afford college uh, because I went to, I got accepted to the college of Austin, went there a semester, and then found out how much it was going to cost. And then, then I registered for classes. They kicked me out of classes because they needed me to pay the bill. I was like, hey, listen, I got you. I just let me get in next semester. I'll pay it in the summer. They were like, no, no, no. And they kicked me out. And I went through a little bit of a depression situation there. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And then I ended up working several jobs, then going to other colleges in, in Charleston. So I went to Charleston Southern. I took a class there. I went to uh, Trident Tech College, took a class there. I was just taking these random classes so they couldn't track me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Write this down if you're in college, please. This is a trick. So what you do is they don't know that you owe money. So I'm just going to this semester here and this semester here, this semester here. And then in the summer, I'm paying everybody out. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Finally, it caught up to me, okay? And I was like, I cannot graduate like this. This is not going to happen. So I went to the College of Charleston, the president of the College of Charleston, went to their office administrator, 
office and said, hey, can I see the president? Which is so ridiculous, right? They're like, who is this immigrant who wants to see the president? Uh, and I said, I just need to talk to him about a scholarship. And they looked at my grades, they're like, you're not getting a scholarship. And I was like, listen, to God, you, I just need to talk to him. And they said, ah, he's busy, busy, busy. I kid you not, I'm not making this up. I went to the office again and again and again and again. Every week I go. They, they knew me by name, I just sit there. I just sit there. They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, hey, listen, I just need, to, he's like, he doesn't meet, he, he can't help you, he can't, he's busy, he's busy, 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 busy. One day, he had like, the sec, uh, the, his assistant came out, said, I have five, she has, he has five minutes. Uh, I said, okay. So I went in there, I, had, I was like, what am I going to do now? And I just said, hey, so I have no money. And basically I said, hey, I, I want to graduate, but I cannot afford this. I cannot afford this. I'm not in state. <laughs> I'm from the Middle East, so that's not in state. Uh, so I need something. And he said, um, all right. Um, and so he made up a scholarship for me. He made it up. He was like, all right, if you graduate, he was like, son, you better graduate. I'm like, father, I will. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'll do it. I mean, that's what the people do in the South, son. I'm like, oh, whatever. Okay, I'm not your son. Anyways, so, but I will be your son if you give me this. Give me this. <laughs> I'll be, whatever. So he gave, me that he gave me that scholarship, knocked off half of my tuition, and then I was able to do that. Now, the thing is that the, that uh, is the kind of person that he was and the kind of person that I became because of money. Money shapes us. And here the writer is saying, hey, just remember, be someone who is a giver and not someone who just keeps on getting, okay? And be, have a destination of who you want to become. Don't be focused on rich in money. Be rich in, 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 in uh, good works. Uh, be, be a giver. Don't be, uh, don't be a getter in life. And then next he says this, which is really in interesting. He says, don't be a blessing and don't be a curse. Be a blessing and don't be a curse. What does that mean? Well, in Malachi, which is really fascinating, it's in Old Testament. It's a passage, and maybe you've read this, and sometimes we read these in context, uh, the, in, not in context, or maybe you've heard this passage and you're like, ah, oh, not that one. But let me just read this to you. Malachi 3 says this. Will, God rob, will man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? He says, in tithes and offerings, you are under a curse. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and there will be food in my house. Test me in this, he says. Test me in this. And see if ever I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough, what? For it. Now, this passage, let me just redeem this passage for some of you. You know what God's saying here? He's saying, listen, um, in that context, he's talking to farmers, he's talking to people who, who, are making, who have enough crops. He's saying, I get that you're trying to take care of your families. I, I get that you're doing all these things to make sure that your household is good and all that. But you have actually, you're robbing the next generation of me. You have, you're forgetting that it's not just about you and your family. It's about the next generation. I need you to bring your tithes, which is 10% of your income, to the temple so the temple will be there for the next generation. Like, you, you guys are focused on yourselves. You're robbing the next generation of this. Like, if you, if the church of Jesus, for example, in modern day, just focuses on the present, 
That's all we focus on, on the present, on the present. We don't even care about the past. We don't care, we, we, I'm sorry, we care about the future. If we do that, if churches like that are just so focused on their present and don't even care about the future, you know what those churches are? They are those churches that you and I drive by with big buildings and no one's in them. Because at some point they were like, I, we don't care about the next generation. We just want us. And so you have, you have denominations who have tens of hundreds of buildings. With, they're giving them away to organizations, to the city. They're giving them away because at one time they were all about giving to the temple or giving, building something, but they never thought of the next generation. And so here Malachi is saying, if you, if you don't bring, if you're part of Mosaic and if you don't bring your tithes and your offerings, here's what you're doing. You're actually under a curse. You are cursing the next generation. You're cursing yourself. Your legacy won't last. And see, here we think he's talking to you and me. He's not. He's talking to us. You see, he's talking to a collective. He, this is a collective conversation. He's saying, hey, I want us to understand that, number one, you and me are us, and us can't rob God. We can't rob the next generation. So you and I need to be a blessing and not a curse. And so sometimes what we do is, it's tempting, it's tempting, we've all been there. We end up wanting a blessing so much that we forget to be a blessing. Like he didn't, he, like when Jesus um, uh, recruited his first disciples. What did he say to them? He says, hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men, right? I'll make you make fish, 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 fishers of men. Like, he's not saying, I'm going to give you more fish. He didn't even tell them, hey, I'll make you more, better fishermen. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. Basically, he's saying, I'm going to pick you to not give you a blessing, but to make you a blessing. Like, I'm, I'm going to help you do that. And so, when you and I think about a destination... Financially, I think when it comes to money, we got to consider, hey, is the person I'm going to become, is, am I becoming a blessing or am I a curse? But you're like, no, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, but are you, are you kind of shortchanging the next generation? Are you shortchanging your family? Are you shortchanging the church that you're, you are even a part of? Because that makes, makes, us, um, makes us not really a blessing, but honestly... Um, a, a, a curse, a curse. So what do we do? What do we do? Okay, so we have a discipline. I'm sorry, we have a destination, but we now we go to discipline. That's the other word, I think, when it comes to money. Money is connected to who we're becoming, but then you know and I know that discipline is required. It, it just so is. Have any of us ever had good intentions? But that's all you had, good intentions. <laughs> Anybody, just good intentions. Have you ever been like, I meant to dot, 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 dot. I meant to do this. I meant to say that. I meant to email you. Have you ever, is it funny how we tell people, like remind people about emails? Did you get my email? Of course they got their email. Of course they did, right? Okay. The technology is not a problem. They are. <laughs> right? Like I just followed up with someone. I'm like, hey, I'm not quite sure if you got my email. You, I want to say you got my email, you didn't respond, or a text, hey, stop ghosting me, just give me an answer. I know you're making up your mind, I don't care, just yes, no. That, just, all, that's, all, that's all I need to know. 
best intentions. We all have them. The problem is, is that they have to require actions. People, people want actions. I don't know what's wrong with people, but they want actions. They want actions, and here's the deal. Good intentions um, with people is, is something that you can play with. You know, like, for example, you can apologize. Uh, some of you are like, apologize? Yeah, that's a thing. I don't know if you guys know this. You can actually say, I'm sorry. You can actually say, you know what, I meant to do that. I forgive me. I'm so sorry. I do this with Facebook requests because I'm never on Facebook. And then I go back once a year and I go, oh, my gosh, for three years there's a Facebook request going on. I've got all these people. And then I started for a minute. I started going, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I meant to. I meant to. I don't check my email. Now I've abandoned Facebook, friends. Okay. So if you are... If you, if you, you know, basically asked me if I could be your friend on Facebook, the answer is yes. I'm not going to click it, but the answer is yes. Okay, you're all friends. We're all good. I'm just not on Facebook. See, f- people are forgiving when it comes to good intentions, or some people. Money is not. Money is not forgiving when it comes to good intentions. It does not care. Money wants to either make you its master or it'll become your slave. Only two things. It will either, it will either be something that you're going to work for or it needs to work for you. Money just does not, does not, it, it, it does not care about good intentions. Like whatever you do, you're stuck. It's not like I meant to not spend all that money. I meant to not, no, no, you've done it. It's over. You can't go to your college debt and say, I didn't mean to do this. I was in college. Or I didn't mean to spend that money. No, you did it. I didn't mean to. You can't go to the bank and go, I didn't mean to. Trust me. I have a good heart. They're like, that's great. Pay up. Like, is that just, it's just the deal. So what does that mean? That means you and I have to be disciplined when it comes to how we're going to uh, invest our money. And here is a great passage of Scripture that Jesus talks about in how to do it. He says this in Matthew 6. He says, don't store up treasures on earth. Moths and rust can destroy them, and thieves can break in and steal them. Instead, store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot, what? Cannot destroy them. And, 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 and thieves cannot come in and break and steal them. Your heart will always be where your treasure is. You cannot be the slave of two masters. You will, you will like one more than the other or will be loyal to one more than the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He's saying, hey, when it comes to your resources, I want you, I want you to store up something that will last forever. Store up something that will last more than your life. And so I don't know about you, friends, but when it comes to mosaic, when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to us, people who have invested here are stored up so much, so much for heaven. Like stuff that's been invested here in the lives of people will not rust. It it will not go away. It it just will not go away. And for for some of us, I think a lot of our money is being spent on some things that are just not really lasting. I mean, we have all kinds of collections of what we like to do. Some of us are into shoes, purses, places, things. We love collections. Collections are cool. But, man, those things rust. They rust. Some, some of you guys are like, no, they actually go back. But, no, they, they kind of rust. They kind of rust. So, so today I want to ask you guys. I want to ask you guys 
what if you and I were able to like soar into something that did not rust, that did not rust at all? You know, we started a campaign called The Expanse, okay? So this card right here is something that when you walk out, people will, the greeters will give you, hand you one of these. This is a campaign that we started to, um, to do something for the future. We started this campaign to, to raise 500K in a year to build out a gymnasium of a place that we have right here. It's on this side. It's enough space that we have, but we have to build it out. But we also have this space right behind us which is Bounce Youth. Some of you guys know that. It's, it's this place that this uh, church right now is temporarily using. But it's available for sale. It's $2 million. And we believe that we need to go after it. Now, for 500 k we can actually come up with a down payment to get that and to build out the gymnasium. But we can do that, but it requires how much? 500 k It requires a lot of money. It requires for some of us to invest in something that will last more than just our lifetime. And so I want you to pray about this. I want you to think about this. And when it comes to your resources, I want you to, be, to have a destination of the kind of person you want to become. But then also, also be disciplined on how you will reap and how you will sow. How you will do that. But I just want you to know, I want you to know that it matters that when you sow in the right things, it, it truly does. First Corinthians says this, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then provide a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that, so that you can always be what? Generous. You know, several years ago, this amazing family wrote a check. And uh, the wife actually, in, uh, she had a dream and she wrote a check for $120,000, okay? She wrote the check and, and, and framed it. She put it in a frame. She didn't tell me this. And for years, she just believed that one, one day that she would write a check for $120,000 to Mosaic. She didn't tell me any of this until the day she handed me the check. And I'm like, what is this? First of all, I was like, numbers, I'm not good with numbers. I'm like, is this 120, uh, is it $120? How much is this? It's $120,000. I know this family, and I was like, did you rob a bank? Are you into drugs? What happened? You win the lottery. What, what happened? What happened? And she tells me the story that she had this vision. And so she wrote this check, and she framed it, and it was on her, right next to her bed for years. And she just believed that one day, because obviously it wasn't just a fairy tale, it was also like they had plans on selling their business. And she was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a $120,000 check one day. She just framed it. She said for years. And then, yeah, her husband's business sold, and she handed me the check. And I'm like, I could not believe it. She basically framed her future. And not just that, she framed our future. She sowed so much into us. That one time, I couldn't believe it. It's the biggest check we've gotten. I'm like, what in the world is that? I remember telling that story once, and a guy came up to me. He's like, man, I'm going to match that. He just had good intentions. That's all he had. <laughs> good intentions. God bless him. I like good intentions. You know, if it's a good lie, lie to me. You know, I'm like, yes. But then give me something. 
Let's not have good intentions. Let's just, let's just have God intentions. Let's, let's just make sure that it's God speaking to us. Remember the money and how we spend it and how our generation is shaping our souls more than our wallets. And, and let's invest in a space, um, honestly, like this, that, man, it would be an epicenter of hope for so many people, for so many people. You know, I thought about this this week. I was reminded about this, actually, is that, you know, when we create spaces like this, like we have these spaces and we've got some other spaces too for kids and we have spaces for uh, youth and we'll have spaces for the community when we build out a gymnasium and when we get this extra space, we'll have more space. And people are like, why do you want more and more and more space? I'll tell you why we want more and more space. You know, the scriptures tell us that we are Christ ambassadors. On earth, we are Christ ambassadors. We speak for him. Do you know that our spaces are heaven, heavenly embassies? Like our space needs to be an embassy. Have you ever been to an embassy? If you've traveled, you know. If you're a foreigner, if you have lived in different countries, you know what an embassy is. I am very clear about what embassies are. So if I go right now in the U.S. to a Pakistani embassy, that is Pakistani soil. Do you know that? It's Pakistani soil. It's not American soil, technically. It's Pakistani soil. If I, which I have, in Pakistan, I've gone to an American embassy. Guess what happens? I'm in Pakistan. I was trying to be, I was be there for my mom to get her back into the country. I went, walked into the uh, American embassy. Oh my gosh, it didn't even matter what Pakistan looked like. Inside, it was a different environment. You know why? Because there, it's what? It's American what? It's American soil. They don't care what the laws are in the, of the land. In the American embassy, they operate in a very different kind of law. You see, there are people in this world being judged and being uh, treated with the, by the law of the land. But when they come into this soil, they are governed by the law of love. When we create space, we create this embassy that says, hey, hey I know what the world is like maybe beating you up but when you come into our space we don't operate by what the world does we don't give you as much grace as the world does we give you more the, the, so their law of, of, of or their idea of love and grace and acceptance might be whatever 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 or how they judge you and how they condemn you and how they shame you but when you come into our space we don't we are in the middle of this fallen world we are this heaven's embassy and we act like ambassadors for heaven. We don't act like normal citizens. We are citizens of a different world. And so friends, when I say, hey, let's, let's raise this money to, to get this space, I'm not saying, hey, get another room, another building. I'm saying, let's expand this embassy so when people walk in, they go, oh my God. Oh my God. Because sometimes people just need to run to an embassy to find shelter. So what if we created that? So let's pray. Let's think together. Let's give together. And let's see what God does in our hearts and our minds. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, God, that you are the God who, who when you talk to us about just practical things, you are the God who reminds us that it's really more than that. 
that everything that we are about is shaping us. Everything in the physical is shaping our spirituality. So God, I pray when it comes to money, I pray for a, like a, just a release, God. For some of us, it's just a, just a trigger issue. It's a traumatic issue because of what was done to us or how we experienced pain because of money or we were robbed and maybe even stolen from. Maybe we were promised all kinds of things. Maybe we grew up having a lot, maybe having a little. We just, we just, we just struggle with sharing. And God, I love that you know that about us. That we have a hard time sharing. We had a hard time sharing as we were kids. And we have a hard time sharing as adults. And you still love us. You still have grace for us. You who shared everything. You still have grace for the ones who have a hard time sharing. You who gave everything loves loves us who have a hard time giving. So God, I pray, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us in Jesus' name? Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.